Everyone, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Tuesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, Anthony Davis is inching towards a return. Can the Lakers hang on until he's back? That's next. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast. It's always free. It's never going to be behind a paywall and Locked On Lakers, which basically, are we, did we crack 10,000? We're getting there. We are close. We are, I, I would say maybe even just dozens. Could be you that pushes us over that 10,000 mark. And Andy, what might you or might you not win? A tote bag. That's <laughs> That's right. Uh, there's only one way to find out, and that's to become our 10,000th subscriber on the YouTube channel. Um, so the big news of uh, Monday was David Meneman of ESPN reporting that uh, when the Lakers return home Tuesday, uh, today, the that Anthony Davis will begin his ramp up to get back on the floor. So we'll spend a lot of time on that for today's show. But we do want to note the Lakers did play a game on uh, Monday night, and it was a game, Andy, where um, they started shorthanded. No, I'm going to just make sure I got everyone. No Reeves, no Walker, no Troy Brown. Those are your continuing injuries. No Anthony Davis, obviously. LeBron James sits this one out as well um, for, I think it's essentially maintenance. Give him a week, you know. Now he gets the uh, uh, almost a full week before he plays again. Well, I uh, I think it is both maintenance and a an ankle soreness. Uh, I yeah, think this I mean I'm not saying ankle... he's not hurt. I think it's right. one of those if it's a playoff game he plays. If sure, it's, you know. So, but this allows Lakers have been very, um, I think very very smart about how they've chosen the days to give LeBron that break um, when when it needs to where you you're maximizing the amount of days for him to recover. Um, and the Lakers don't play again until Thursday night. So um, this provides that opportunity for him to get a little bit of extra rest because uh, instead of, you know, the normal, whether it's back-to-back or a, you know, every other day kind of thing, they get the extra day to do it. Uh, so LeBron didn't play in this one either. Uh, Pat Beverly um, left. He didn't play in the second half um, because of a hip injury. It will be evaluated when the Lakers get back into uh, L.A., Darvin Ham said. So by the end of this game, Andy, the Lakers were running with a big-time skeleton crew here and lost to Denver 122-109. They played hard. Nothing wrong with this effort. Yeah, in terms of uh, Beverly, he slipped while driving to the rim on on a spot that actually I believe Russ had slipped on a couple plays before that. He went into like a splits and then kind of landed on his right side, which was the hip that was hurt. It looked really uncomfortable and really painful. He, you know, I, on one hand, you're not going to know what's going on um, in, until he does get looked at. And this was a game that it, like you said, Brian kind of scheduled loss. So there, there's no point in even trying to push it mm-hmm. in this game that in all likelihood, you're not going to win. And the, the Lakers cannot afford to lose anybody to extended absences more than they're already dealing with. Um, I did think though that there were a few, like you mentioned the fight in this game and the Lakers, you know, as we've talked about all season, this is not last year's team. Like this is a team that goes out there and almost 
every single game we've seen this year has put up a legitimate competitive effort, if not necessarily execution or result. Mm -hmm. Um, The bright spot to me in this game was Max Christie. He got his first career start, you know, with every, with everybody out. And I thought played a really nice game. He he was uh, six of eight from the field for 14 points, three rebounds and assists played, uh, you know, his usual active and energetic defense uh, hit two threes and this was you and I were talking about this, Brian, before the show, and and you made a really good point. This was a great game for Christie to get a start because the pressure was really low because the Lakers went into this game knowing the likelihood of winning was pretty small. So it's not like Christie, if he was kind of sped up in this game or overmatched in his assignment or whatever, it's not like he was going to be bringing the team down. No. The team, because of the circumstances was bringing right. the team down. And by the um, way, it's it's it should be noted that part of the reason the Lakers had the flexibility to go ahead and let LeBron rest without you know an inordinate amount of concern is because they had won 5 games in a row. It's because they'd gone 17 and 11 over their last 28 games and got themselves back into contact with the rest of the conference. Obviously, they're 19 and 22 at the halfway point. It is not ideal. They have a lot of work to do with a difficult January schedule in front of them. But if they're, you know, if they enter this game, you know, I'll say six games under 500 because they don't win some of these or whatever versus two, there's a lot more pressure to play LeBron through injuries because you can't afford losses. So, I mean, the Lakers' progress over the last couple of weeks is partially what allows LeBron to get very needed rest on Monday night. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say something worked out well during, you know, when the Lakers are wrapping up the halfway point, three games below 500, but you know, a lot of this is the two and 10 start and mm-hmm. it's baked into everything that's going on right now. And it, you know, may ultimately end up a start that the team is not capable of overcoming but it also has to be the context in terms of the way you evaluate everything that's happened since then. And since then, they are not a perfect team. And until we see Anthony Davis back on the court, uh, you know they're never going to be the most perfect version of themselves possible. But I do think, and I, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit for today's show and definitely Wednesday, I do think Darvin Ham is correct that they are trending in the right direction it's really just a matter of how much can they write this ship? Like yeah. how capable of writing themselves are they actually, once everybody's at full strength, assuming they ever reach a full strength moment. This right. Day. I mean, that the, the start makes it so you can't, you don't get, you know, that margin, you don't get any more margin for error. You don't have space for, you know, a, a 10 game stretch where LeBron and AD are out, the team struggles to win. Like you just, you don't have the room for that. It doesn't mean that it can't, you know, they can't get back into a five, six, seven, eight. Look, and the Lakers are still, uh, even with the loss on Monday, there's still only a game out of the 10 spot and a game and a half out of the six spot behind the Clippers. Uh, the Kings won on Monday. So now they're th- a full three games ahead of the Lakers, but the Lakers play the Kings on the upcoming homestand. There are opportunities for the Lakers to make some progress still, but um, as to use the language of Darvin Ham, they have to keep stacking up wins. Um, and 
you know, he he did point out as well, and we'll get to to AD after the break because that's obviously you know the big story for Monday. In the same space where he said, you know, we're trending in the right direction, he also said, uh, you know, a lot of our record is self inflicted, particularly after that ten and two start, like or ten, two and ten start. Um, you know, the the seventeen and eleven includes multiple games you can point to Boston, Indiana, you know, other, you know, Sacramento where they could have won and should have won Philadelphia. Um, and did Charlotte so, at home. Oh, Oh yeah. I forgot about that one. Uh, and some of these are pretty recent, even with the, you know, the good, the good turn. So I, he is not being Paul, you know, going full Pollyanna here when he talks about this team in optimistic terms. I do think, though, Andy, if they're going to have a prayer, um, if it's going to really become a competitive season, there is only so long you can go without Anthony Davis and expect this to work, especially with other guys hurt. Uh, And to that point, significant news about the potential return of Anthony Davis coming on Monday. We'll get to it next. Lockdown Lakers brought to you by Prize Picks. If you've not signed up for Prize Picks yet, Laker fans, you are missing out on daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks has the best DFS prop game for the NBA on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator, superstar players, as well as bench players. You can just pick two to five players, predict whether they will notch more or less than their Prize Picks stats projections. And Prize Picks offers projections for everything NFL, women's college basketball. Disc golf, disc golf. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's safe, fast withdrawals. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com. Play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks using the promo code Locked On. Again, don't forget the promo code Locked On at the sign-up for that instant match. If you're not playing PrizePix, you honestly don't know what you're missing. Um... Okay, so we did. We mentioned Pat Beverly's injury. Um, we noted the guys, Andy, who were gone from uh, Monday's game with the with the continuing injuries. We should note that Russell Westbrook, who played the game, uh, had a, a nice night, and you know he wasn't his fault they lost. Uh, he said after the game he dislocated his right pinky in the first half, uh, and actually had popped it back into place twice over the course of the game. X-rays afterwards were negative, no indication that he might miss time, but um, A, that hurts, and B, it's you know, like it's kind of bossed like when you pop your finger back in. Um, and three, if he ends up missing time, you know, I realize fans are you know up, down, hot, and cold. Some people love it. Some people can't have Russ and Pat Bev and Reeves and all these guys out, so I suspect Russ is going to play. Yeah, I mean – Say what you will about Russell Westbrook, and as you noted, I think by by the point we are now, Laker fans have pretty much said everything that could possibly be said about Russell Westbrook. There's not much left. Dude's durable. Mm-hmm. Dude is seriously durable, and he's a gamer. And you know, he Genie Bus got laughed at and mocked, and I, I think in some respects uh, yelled at by a lot of Laker fans when she said during the offseason that. Russell Westbrook was their most consistent player, their best player because of availability. And 
No, that was well, very- it was kind of it was, he, after after some clarification. It was nice of Sam Amick to go back and let her have that opportunity to clarify because before she just said he was their best, she he was their best player, and then she clarified based on availability. Right, but you know, availability is a really important commodity in the NBA, and Russell Westbrook, for better or for worse, was the only constant for the team last year, and. He's actually been one of the more constant this season in terms of players who matter. Like he, he yeah. makes himself available for games and he's been playing pretty well over the last few weeks. You know, it's interesting, actually. I looked up some numbers for LeBron and Russ, some of the two man net rating lineups for him and LeBron together, because that's always been such a point of contention their awkward fit last season and even for a lot of this year and you know just thinking about how much better the team has been lately over the last 10 games overall LeBron and Russ have a plus 24.7 net rating together over the last five games a plus 47.5 the two of them together and then I looked up their fourth quarter minutes because As you recall, the fourth quarter in particular was a real sticking point for LeBron and Russ not working at all. Over the last 10 games, they have a plus 9.5 net rating. And then over the last five games, four of which they played together, a plus 26.1 net rating. So the two of them have found ways to play off each other much more successfully, which is not likely a coincidence that they've managed to find these wins during this period without Anthony Davis and without other guys, it would likely be impossible. Yeah. If, if those guys Russ couldn't could share a court. Together. Yeah. That's it's a great, those are great numbers. I'll be honest with you. I'm surprised. I mean, it's 129 minutes over the last 10 games with them together and about 46 in the last five. Um, it, you know, those are, those are pretty big numbers. The fourth quarter numbers surprised me a little bit just because Russ hasn't, been great in fourth quarters he tends to struggle more statistically at least as games go on um but if the end result is the two of those guys are playing well together um you know so i mean he he i I suspect he'll be on the floor thursday we'll see how much it impacts him before not that you ever want anybody to get a a a hand injury as especially a point guard but um it's worse finger injuries i think would be worse if westbrook was expected to be a shooter if he was expected to you know spot up and do that kind of stuff like i'm not really sure how much a dislocated pinky um even if they have to tape it you know tape the ring finger to the pinky finger or whatever for support i'm not sure how much that's really going to affect him anyway just given how he normally plays i mean it's uh so in that sense, it could be worse. So um, hopefully he's out there. The AD thing, Andy, we'll get into this and then we'll we'll break and then, and then do some more. Like the news from Dave McMenamin is that he is going to start ramping up that return, uh, AD, not Dave, um, from the foot injury when the team returns to LA today. Um, he didn't, though, make it sound like a return was you know, a couple games away. He said the team, the, the organization's optimistic that he could be back within a couple weeks. 
you know, so there's still a little bit of time before AD is coming back. Um, so that's we will get into that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there from football to basketball, even esports. They got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which obviously you do because you are learning about this great feature with BetOnline on a sports podcast, they got those as well over there. They just content is king. Over at Bet Online, always the fastest, easiest way to get your betting fixed. So head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. So uh, to point specifically to what Dave, uh, to what the uh, what Dave wrote about AD on Monday, there is optimism within the Lakers that the ramp up process, which by the way uh, starts with aquatic pool workouts, uh, running on the altered gravity treadmill. Um, there's optimism within the Lakers that the ramp up process could take only a couple of weeks before Davis could start penciling in a potential return to game action. Um, so, you know, when we were talking about this before, Andy, we kind of were like, yeah, you know, mid January, end of January. And that kind of looks like what it's going to be. Uh, the next game is on the 12th. If you, if you go out a couple weeks from where we are now, you're basically right at the road trip where the Lakers, you know, take off to play Boston, Brooklyn, New York, Indiana, New Orleans. That is a, by the way, absolutely brutal road trip. Um, I mean, it, they don't come much harder than that one. Um, but that means the Lakers are going to be without Anthony Davis for Thursday's game against Dallas, against Philly, against Houston, against Sacramento, against Memphis at Portland, the Clippers, San Antonio. And even though some of those are are low-level games, you know, San Antonio's not very good, Houston's not very good. That's still, you know, the longer you go, I do think the harder to some degree it can get. Um, that's a tough stretch of games to continue to play without Davis, who may not even be back you know, by that road trip. It's, the Lakers still have a lot of work in front of them, is my point. Well, I, the way I was thinking about it was if, say, you started the two-week lead-up to the, as I called it, the eyeing day, like the day where they would eye uh, his potential return to action. In pencil. They're eyeing a, to pencil in a return. Right. If it started two weeks from today, that would be the day before the Clippers game on the 24th. The Lakers then play the Spurs on the 25th, and then they begin that five-game road trip that uh, starts out in Boston. Um, it's not going to be easy, like you said, and there are some important games in there, not just for the Lakers' record, but in January, they've got some opportunities to beat some of the teams that they're actually more directly chasing in the Western Conference. So, you know, there there's opportunity there that goes beyond just survival trying to move up the standings there's like the actual teams you're going to be going up against what i find really interesting about this is on one hand they have to have built up some confidence from what's happened and i do think that they feel legitimately better about themselves and they've and had a should yeah and they, they've had a hell of a lot of obstacles thrown in their direction over the last couple of weeks you know beyond just dealing with no AD, you've had LeBron out for a couple games. You've had Austin Reeves out. You've had Lonnie Walker out. You've had Troy Brown out. Fingers crossed you're not going to be missing Patrick Beverly. 
but they've taken this all in really good stride. The weird thing, though, that can happen, we've we've seen this before over the years, you know, covering the Lakers with various guys out for prolonged absences. The closer you get to them coming back, sometimes that feels more psychologically difficult because everybody's just like, like it's it feels so close and like the weight of like sort of the magnitude of everything that you've been doing leading up to that point can start to really weigh on you and you yeah. you, you start anticipating that return so much that that it can take away a little bit of your focus in the moment and like look I wouldn't blame these guys if they were looking ahead a little bit now that they've you know I'm sure they're all aware of the idea of okay AD is actually looking now much more tangibly to get himself back on the court I I imagine that they can't help but look a little bit ahead to it because this has not been easy what they've been dealing with no and really we're talking about two sets of kind of recoveries and returns because the first one is that you know two weeks hopefully ish you know after the initial missing with Reeves and Walker like getting those guys back it's not just can you hang on without AD it's can you hang on without Reeves and Walker and you know hopefully not Pat Bev and like I as hard as these guys played on Monday for example you saw the talent deficit was was pretty stark and that's no disrespect intended to the guys who were playing and you know Denver is the best team in the Western Conference but there's a limit as to how long you can reasonably expect to go there now look this rally has again it gives them a little bit more space to where if they can maybe finish the month at you know playing 500 basketball for the rest of the month which would be really good uh given the schedule and the and the the guys who are on the shelf they'll still be in it going into february and that's what this whole process has been how long can you kind of tread water and and stay close enough so that when you have a full team assuming it ever happens um you can you can make some progress the, the other thing though about it that makes it again even more complicated beyond just the whole survivor element of this because it's not an easy schedule they're going to be dealing with you're getting yourself closer and closer to the trade deadline and mm -hmm. evaluating where you are, what you need, the best types of players to go out and acquire, like what, what makes the most sense in terms of the assets you have at your disposal and like an idea of when AD would be back. Like I, there, there's just all these different elements that I think become more complicated the longer you go Without Anthony yeah, Davis. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say, I think by now they know, like, especially if the team is full strength, like if you can kind of imagine the team at re relatively full strength, they know what they could use. They know which players um, that might pop up as available would be useful and which ones would be overkill. They don't need another guard. They don't, you know, another point guard doesn't help the problem. If, if guys are available, they don't need another point guard. Um you know, could you use another player who's six foot eight? Yeah, even if Troy Brown is back, you know, six seven, six six, six seven, six eight would be useful, especially if that guy can shoot. And so I, I think they're aware of that. I guess, you know, there is an element of whether you know whether or not they'll pull the trigger. Um, but that to me is a different question. Um, because I still think sometimes that, you know, how willing they are to make a big move 
assuming one is even available. And that is always this. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what LeBron is expecting them to do. Um, and I'm not sure he's paid that close attention. Just go do something. That's your job. Go do something. Um, but I think I, I'm less worried about that because I do think it's pretty clear what they need. Now, look, if they, if they lose nine of 11 and then, you know, going into the break, okay, that influences it. But if they play 500, I think they're pretty much in the same, the same, but, but you're right. It is a, it is a complicating date. Um, no question of LeBron, Brian, uh, he won Western conference player of the week. Uh, Mm. not surprising because his last week had been spent, uh, as the kids would say, balling, um, do you know how many of these now LeBron has? Oh, it's something, it's some astronomical number. We actually looked this up for a show last week. I think you can find it on his basketball reference. Page. I'm looking at his basketball yeah, reference. Um, I'm asking you if you like know. I know the answer. 46 or something. It's some astronomically large number. No, uh, actually you're thinking of the monthly awards. Um, oh. the weekly awards. This is now LeBron's 66. <laughs> Blank conference player of the week because he's been in both conferences. He has won blank conference of the month player 46 times in his career. Um, As long as we're going through everything right now, he has also been all league in some form, whether you're talking about the all rookie team, all NBA or all defense, 25 different times. (laughs) When LeBron gets like the notice on his inbox that he's the Western Conference Player of the Week, what do you think his reaction to that is? I mean, you and I win any kind of award. We're like, little fist pump. Yeah, you know, doesn't matter. Like, nobody knows, nobody cares. Do you think that even, how much time do you think he spends thinking about, yeah, I'm the Western Conference Player of the Week? I think one of his cars, because, you know, he's got a, a just a bleak ton of them. One of them is just covered in like Western Conference. Eastern my Conference son is Western Conference Player of the Week bumper you know, sticker. Like, well, right. that glo- that's that's, that's actually, Gloria's you know car. It's Gloria's <laughs> car. <laughs> Gloria James's car is just covered in bumper stickers. What do you? That's a good question. Like, you know, you if you're student of the week at you know Rochester Middle School, they give you the the yeah. bumper sticker. What like, do you get for being Western Conference Player of the Week? I'm sure you get some sort that's of like plaque, a, like I a mean, digital watch. Like, what do you I, get? I, I imagine. Plaques. I imagine LeBron has a bleep ton of plaques in one of the rooms in his estate that he probably has forgotten that he has. He also has won over his NBA career 18 different awards. Like you're talking rookie of the year, you're mm-hmm. talking MVP, finals MVP, even the J. Walter Kennedy Citizenship Award. LeBron has 18 different awards over the course of his career. Has he done enough to be a first ballot Hall of Famer? We'll get to that on Wednesday's show. We'll tackle that. First ballot, Andy. Not Is he in? Yes, he's going to make it in eventually. But on the first ballot, we'll discuss. In all seriousness, though, we will take a look at the Lakers at the halfway point. Uh, Monday's game was their 41st game of the season. Um, it's been a bit of a rocky go. But there is reason for optimism for the second half of the year. So we'll tackle all that on Wednesday's show. We'll see everybody next time.